Section 27 of the Book of Ser Marco Polo, the Venetian, Concerning the Kingdoms and Marvels of the East, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of Ser Marco Polo, the Venetian, Concerning the Kingdoms and Marvels of the East, Volume 1, by Rusticello da Pisa, translated by Henry Yule. Book 1st. Chapter 33. Of the Kingdom of Kaskar. Kaskar is a region lying between northeast and east, and constituted a kingdom in former days but now it is subject to the great khan the people worship mahomet there are a good number of towns and villages but the greatest and finest is kaskar itself the inhabitants live by trade and handicrafts they have beautiful gardens and vineyards and fine estates and grow a great deal of cotton from this country many merchants go forth about the world on trading journeys the natives are a wretched, niggardly set of people. They eat and drink in miserable fashion. There are in the country many Nestorian Christians who have churches of their own. The people of the country have a peculiar language, and the territory extends for five days' journey. Chapter 34 Of the Great City of Samarkand Samarkand is a great and noble city towards the northwest, inhabited by both Christians and Saracens, who are subject to the great Khan's nephew, Kaidu by name. He is, however, at bitter enmity with the Khan. I will tell you of a great marvel that happened at this city. It is not a great while ago that Sigate, own brother to the great Khan, who was lord of this country, and of many and one besides became a christian the christians rejoiced greatly at this and they built a great church in the city in honour of john the baptist and by his name the church was called and they took a very fine stone which belonged to the saracens and placed it as the pedestal of a column in the middle of the church supporting the roof it came to pass however that sigate died now the saracens were full of rancour about that stone which had been theirs and which had been set up in the church of the christians and when they saw that the prince was dead they said one to another that now was the time to get back their stone by fair means or by foul and that they might well do for they were ten times as many as the christians so they gat together and went to the church and said that the stone they must and would have the christians acknowledged that it was theirs indeed but offered to pay a large sum of money and so be quit howbeit the others replied that they never would give up the stone for anything in the world and words ran so high that the prince heard thereof and ordered the christians either to arrange to satisfy the saracens if it might be with money or to give up the stone and he allowed them three days to do either one thing or the other what shall i tell you 
well the saracens would on no account agree to leave the stone where it was and this out of pure despite to the christians for they knew well enough that if the stone were stirred the church would come down by the run so the christians were in great trouble and wist not what to do but they did the best thing possible they besought jesus christ that he would consider their case so that the holy church should not come to destruction nor the name of its patron saint john the baptist be tarnished by its ruin and so when the day fixed by the prince came round they went to the church betimes in the morning and lo they found the stone removed from under the column the foot of the column was without support and yet it bore the load as stoutly as before between the foot of the column and the ground there was a space of three palms so the saracens had away their stone and mighty little joy withal and it was a glorious miracle nay it is so for the column still so standeth and will stand as long as god pleaseth now let us quit this and continue our journey chapter thirty five of the province of yarkan yarkan is a province five days journey in extent the people follow the law of mahomet but there are also nestorian and jacobite christians they are subject to the same prince as i mentioned the great khan's nephew they have plenty of everything particularly cotton the inhabitants are also great craftsmen but a large proportion of them have swollen legs and great crops at the throat which arises from some quality in the drinking water as there is nothing else worth telling we may pass on chapter thirty six of a province called Kotan kotan is a province lying between northeast and east and is eight days journey in length the people are subject to the great khan and are all worshippers of mahomet there are numerous towns and villages in the country but kotan the capital is the most noble of all and it gives its name to the kingdom everything is to be had there in plenty including abundance of cotton with flax hemp wheat wine and the like the people have vineyards and gardens and estates they live by commerce and manufactures and are no soldiers chapter thirty seven of the province of pain pain is a province five days in length lying between east and northeast the people are worshippers of mahomet and subjects of the great khan there are a good number of towns and villages but the most noble is pain the capital of the kingdom there are rivers in this country in which quantities of jasper and chalcedony are found the people have plenty of all products including cotton they live by manufactures and trade but they have a custom that i must relate if the husband of any woman go away upon a journey and remain away for more than twenty days as soon as that term is passed the woman may marry another man and the husband also may then marry whom he pleases 
i should tell you that all the provinces that i have been speaking of from kaskar forward and those i am going to mention as far as the city of lop belong to great turkey chapter thirty eight of the province of karchan karchan is a province of great turkey lying between northeast and east the people worship mahomet there are numerous towns and villages and the chief city of the kingdom bears its name karchan the province contains rivers which bring down jasper and chalcedony and these are carried for sale into cathay where they fetch great prices the whole of the province is sandy and so is the road all the way from pain and much of the water that you find is bitter and bad however at some places you do find fresh and sweet water when an army passes through the land the people escape with their wives children and cattle a distance of two or three days journey into the sandy waste and knowing the spots where water is to be had they are able to live there and to keep their cattle alive whilst it is impossible to discover them for the wind immediately blows the sand over their track quitting karchan you ride some five days through the sands finding none but bad and bitter water and then you come to a place where the water is sweet and now i will tell you of a province called lop in which there is a great city also called lop which you come to at the end of those five days it is at the entrance of the great desert and it is here that travellers repose before entering on the desert chapter thirty nine of the city of lop and the great desert lop is a large town at the edge of the desert which is called the desert of lop and is situated between east and northeast it belongs to the great khan and the people worship mahomet now such persons as propose to cross the desert take a week's rest in this town to refresh themselves and their cattle and then they make ready for the journey taking with them a month's supply for man and beast on quitting this city they enter the desert the length of this desert is so great that tis said it would take a year and more to ride from one end of it to the other and here where its breadth is least it takes a month to cross it tis all composed of hills and valleys of sand and not a thing to eat is to be found on it but after riding for a day and a night you find fresh water enough mayhap for some fifty or a hundred persons with their beasts but not for more and all across the desert you will find water in like manner that is to say in some twenty-eight places altogether you will find good water but no great quantity and in four places also you find brackish water beasts there are none for there is naught for them to eat but there is a marvellous thing related of this desert which is that when travellers are on the move by night and one of them chances to lag behind or to fall asleep or the like when he tries to gain his company again he will hear spirits talking and will suppose them to be his comrades 
sometimes the spirits will call him by name and thus shall a traveller oft-times be led astray so that he never finds his party and in this way many have perished sometimes the stray travellers will hear as it were the tramp and hum of a great cavalcade of people away from the real line of road and taking this to be their own company they will follow the sound and when day breaks they find that a cheat has been put on them and that they are in an ill plight even in the daytime one hears those spirits talking and sometimes you shall hear the sound of a variety of musical instruments and still more commonly the sound of drums hence in making this journey tis customary for travellers to keep close together all the animals too have bells at their necks so that they cannot easily get astray and at sleeping time a signal is put up to show the direction of the next march so thus it is that the desert is crossed end of section twenty seven reading by alan mapstone in oxford england